Welcome to Walk in Truth. These are the Bible teachings of Pastor Michael Lance, equipping you to reach out with God's truth to all people and how to apply that truth to today's issues, trends, and culture. Learn more about the program and our church when you visit walkintruth.com. Now, here's the conclusion of Pastor Michael's teaching in Psalm 34 called, Oh, Taste and See That the Lord is Good. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Please hear what I'm about to say. You are not going to know until you try. And some of you have been on the outskirts and you watch other people taste, but you haven't tasted for yourself. You've been around the things of God. You've looked at it. You've examined it. You've considered it, but you haven't ate it. Because you have been afraid to actually try it. There was that old commercial. Give it to Mikey. Mikey likes everything. Mikey will eat it. I'm Mikey. Anyway, never mind. That's <laughs> you cannot experience the Lord unless you decide to open up your life. And that goes for those of you who are believers and you're not eating and drinking in the things of God. How sweet are thy words to my taste. Yes, sweeter than honey to my mouth, says the psalmist. Psalm 119, 103 through 105. From your precepts I get understanding, therefore I hate every false way. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How are you going to know where to go if you don't taste and see? How are you going to know the path if you don't have the light of the word of God? Have you ever met someone who begins to tell you about spiritual things and about things that they think are in the Bible. God only helps those who help themselves. Second Opinions 416. <laughs> That's all it is. Right? That's in the Bible, right? It's like, have you ever read the Bible before? I've had people argue with me about Bible passages. And I'll tell you, I've, I've been studying the book for a little while. And I've had people literally argue with me and they don't even know what the verses are, let alone how to interpret them. Here's my point. Why don't you taste and see? You've tried everything else. How many things have you tried? Sampled a little bit of this, a little bit of that. There's people all over our world, they've sampled a lot of different spiritual things. I'll taste a little bit of this. It's like a smorgasbord. People say smorgasbords are good. You just taste it. Mm -hmm right that's kind of how we like things any of you ever sampled yogurt at a yogurt store and then not bought anything you thieves (laughs) there's a personal application there you can anyway oh fear the lord nine you his saints for those who fear him there is no want fear god says spurgeon and fear nothing else Fear God and fear nothing else. See, if you have the fear of God, it it stamps out all other fears. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge. See, if you fear the Lord, saints, there will be no want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Now, he's not always going to give me what I Desire like in the cool, shiny things that I pray for sometimes. Anybody do that? Lord, it would just be nice. You know, people talk about sports cars are 
a problem, but I'd just like to experience it just once, just to see <laughs> what it's like. There's a story about Aurelio Barreto. He was the founder of Dog Glue. You remember Dog Glue? It was those, uh, those dog houses that were built like igloos. And he sold the company for millions of dollars. And he said he went down to a Porsche dealer, I think in Orange County, bought a red Porsche Turbo, what is it, Carrera? Said he went screaming down the 91 freeway and felt an overwhelming sense of emptiness right after he bought the car cash. And that was one of the things that drove him to salvation in Jesus Christ. He's the founder of the C28 stores, and I'm not sure if they're even around anymore. And I remember hearing that story, and you know, he was talking about that overwhelming emptiness right after buying that Porsche tur- Turbo Carrera. And I, I just said, you know, I'd just like to try it, just to see if I'd experience that same emptiness. <laughs> That's sort of a joke. Anyway, uh, yeah. Not that I speak from want, says Paul, for I've learned to be content in whatever circumstances I am. Philippians 4, 11 through 13. I know how to get along with humble means, and I also know how to live in prosperity. In any and every circumstance, I've learned the secret of being filled and going hungry, both of having abundance and suffering need. Can you say it? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. That's Philippians 4, 11 through 13. He delivers us from fears, troubles, and supplies our deepest needs, but not always everything. This is not a categorical statement. There are some Christians in some countries that go hungry. And I don't know how to answer every question there, but I'll just say to you, there were times that Paul went without food, and he was hungry, and he was homeless. But that's why he said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And somewhere in there, God's purposes were also found, even in times of want. And probably in a room like this, living in America, we could all probably say, I've known times of prosperity, if you've lived long enough, and I've known times when it was really thin, living paycheck to paycheck. And you may be in either category right now, but either way, God will supply. The young lion's do lack and suffer hunger. David was, did a lot of time in the desert, so maybe he saw some of this. But they who seek the Lord shall not be in want of any good thing. Come, you children, listen to me. It's the job of the elder to teach the younger ones. I will teach you, what? The fear of the Lord. Come and listen. If you're a Sunday school teacher, your job is to teach the next generation the fear of the Lord. Do you know that Tanya is struggling to find Sunday school teachers. Struggling. She had to combine classes on Sunday just to teach our kids. Why? Where are the teachers? Where are people who would say, here I am, I'll teach them. You know, sometimes I get the feeling that Christians think they have to start with teaching adults because they're just too good for the little kids. You know what? If you can teach little kids, you can teach probably anybody. And I speak from experience. I've helped with youth groups. I've taught in a public school setting a Sunday school lesson during a break time at Bible release time. I think that any of us who have any teaching ability, if you're not engaged in teaching, why not? You know, we have two services on a Sunday morning, and part of the reason we do that is so you can come to one and get fed and then serve at the other one. 
Not so that you can choose which one you're going to go to based upon your latest sleep patterns. What do you think we should do today? The 9 or the 11.15? I don't know. Maybe we'll go to Denny's. Maybe we'll... Thank you. If the shoe fits, walk in it. <laughs> who is the man? Are you the man or the woman who wants this? Who desires life and loves length of days that he may see good? Is that you? Oh, I think that's all of us. Jesus said, I came to give you life and that more abundantly. The thief comes only to steal, kill, and destroy. I came that you might have life and have it to the full. If you want to have this life, then keep your tongue from evil. You want the good life. You want to see a length of days. You want to have a long, rich life. Keep your tongue from evil because nothing will destroy your life quicker than a tongue that spouts venom. And don't be a liar. Keep your lips from speaking deceit. Depart from evil and do good. Seek peace and look at this and pursue it. Spurgeon again, guard with careful diligence that dangerous member, the tongue, lest it utter evil, for that evil will recoil upon thee and mar the enjoyment of thy life. Men cannot spit forth poison without feeling some of the venom burning their own flesh and thy lips from speaking guile. Deceit must be very earnestly avoided by the man who desires happiness. A crafty schemer lives like a spy in the enemy's camp in constant fear of exposure and execution. Clean and honest conversation by keeping the conscience at ease promotes happiness, but lying and wicked talk stuffs our pillow with thorns, says Spurgeon, and makes life a constant whirl of fear and shame. You want to set yourself up for a life where you don't have a soft pillow you're always bagging on people. You're always running them down with your mouth and you're a liar. You have set yourself up for a destructive life. Now, what do you do if you're in a pattern like that? Repent of it. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil, that is understanding. Job 28, 28. Depart from it. Don't hang around the lion's leer and then wonder why you got bit. Don't play by the hole of the cobra and then wonder why the venom went into your arm. If you want to have a good life, you've got to depart from evil. You can't play by the cave and expect that you're just going to be cool. I'll be strong enough. When the lion comes out, you won't. Depart from evil. Seek good. For the eyes of the Lord, 15, are toward the righteous. His ears, this is beautiful, are open to their cry. But the face of the Lord, notice, is against evildoers to cut off their memory of them from the earth. If you're a person who fears the Lord, he'll be open to your cry. His eyes will be toward you. His favor is the idea, his love. But if you do evil, if you're a malicious person, be sure that the Lord will be against you. And ultimately, people will forget you. You know, people think they're so relevant until they're not relevant. Have you noticed that movie stars and singers and comedians lose relevance? And they often lose it during their earthly life. That's not to mention their own demise and death. So if you live for what's temporary, that's what you'll get. You'll hear more from Pastor Michael in a moment. 
Hey, I'm Rob Newton, the producer of Walk in Truth. Since we began on this journey of reaching out with God's truth to all people, we have grown to be on four radio stations in Southern California, Arizona, Idaho, and Utah, reaching people from all walks of life and faiths. Our program has also reached listeners in 49 countries. If you are a financial partner, thank you for recognizing the importance of Walk in Truth's presence on radio and podcast, and for praying for people's lives to be changed through hearing and responding to the messages aired each week. Through our partnership together, Walk in Truth has been able to carry God's message of hope to thousands of listeners who may be feeling stress, confusion, and hopelessness. Walk in Truth's total budget for radio airtime, promotion, equipment, supplies, and staffing is over $150,000 a year. Our goal has always been to become 100% listener-supported and to expand into more radio stations as God provides. Our current level of listener financial support is about 25%. Can you give a one-time tax-deductible donation today? Please visit walkintruth.com to donate online or get the mailing address. That's walkintruth.com. If you just tuned in, then you missed the first half of today's edition of Walk in Truth. That's okay. You can listen to this episode and many others whenever it's convenient for you on your free Living Truth app. Walk in Truth is also on your favorite podcast app. Simply search for and subscribe to Walk in Truth on apps like Apple Podcast, iHeartRadio, Spotify, Player FM, Google Podcast, Stitcher, and many more. Listening to a podcast as well as radio is a great way to get some time in the Word when you're walking, catching up on some work, or if you're like me and just need to listen to some Bible teaching while getting ready in the morning. Remember, you can find Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. We'd love to see who's listening, so please connect with us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. Just do a search for Walk in Truth Show. Now, back to Pastor Michael Lance, right here on Walk in Truth. If you're a person who fears the Lord, he'll be open to your cry. His eyes will be toward you. His favor is the idea. His love. But if you do evil, if you're a malicious person, be sure that the Lord will be against you. And ultimately, people will forget you. You know, people think they're so relevant until they're not relevant. Have you noticed that movie stars and singers and comedians lose relevance? And they often lose it during their earthly life. That's not to mention their own demise and death. So if you live for what's temporary, that's what you'll get. And then your memory will be be cut off. Do you know, if I gave you a list of movie stars that died in the last year, many of them you wouldn't even remember, realize it. And there'll be generations to come that will forget about their movies and forget about all that stuff. And what was that song? And who had that one hit wonder? But you know, the people who do the will of God endure forever. So you live for what's eternal. The righteous cry the Lord hears. He delivers them out of all their troubles. That's a repetition of what we learned before. And then the Lord, this is a precious verse, is near to the brokenhearted. And he saves those who are crushed in spirit. I love Spurgeon's thoughts. And he says, near in friendship to accept and console. Broken hearts think God far away when he is really most near them. Their eyes are holden so that they see not their best friend. Indeed, he is with them and in them, but they know it not. They run hither and thither, seeking peace in their own works or in experiences or in proposals and resolutions, where as the Lord is nigh them, near them, and the simple act of faith will reveal him. 
The Lord, some of you need to mark this for yourself tonight, is near your broken heart. I have sent that psalm out to many who have just gone through a loss and just to assure them that the Lord knows. If you're feeling crushed in spirit, he's near you. He saves you. Many are the afflictions of the righteous. Just because you follow the Lord doesn't mean that you won't have afflictions. You'll have many. That's life. But the Lord delivers him out of them all. He keeps all his bones. Not one of them is broken. Now write this down for your notes. John 19 uh, it's around <clears throat> oh, verse 17. Actually, John 19, 28 through 37. Let me just quickly paint because we're running out of time. The two criminals that were crucified next to Jesus, the Roman soldiers came to break their legs. And they broke the legs of the first one and the other one. And what they would do is they would do that to speed up your death because the only way you could get a breath on the cross is to lift yourself up to open up your lungs. They would break your legs so that you couldn't get any more breath and you would quickly die. And they, came, they would come with like a sledgehammer and just brutal, but they would crush your legs. And they came to Jesus and they were about to break his legs, but they noticed something. He was what? He was already dead. And so they broke not his legs. And John quotes this verse in John uh, chapter 19. They didn't break his legs because he had already given up his spirit. He had already said, it is finished and bowed his holy head. Maybe a, a way to see an act of reverence to his father. See, we may get scars and bruises and cuts in this life, but... Never can they break our soul. Jesus is the lover and protector of our soul. And when Jesus went to the cross, he was pierced for our transgressions. He was pierced through for our iniquities. The chastisement for our peace fell upon him and by his wounds we are healed. Evil shall slay the wicked and those who hate the righteous will be condemned. And then thinking of the redemption of Jesus, final verse 22 says, the Lord redeems the soul, he's the lover of our souls, of his servants, and none of those who take refuge in him will be condemned. Father, thank you that there's now no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus, Romans 8, 1. Thank you that those who believe your word, believe in the triune God have passed from death to life. There's no condemnation to those who are in Christ Jesus. Let the redeemed of the Lord say so. We have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of our trespasses according to the riches of your grace. And we were not saved with corruptible things like silver and gold from our feudal conduct, our aimless conduct inherited from our forefathers, but we were purchased with the blood of Jesus Christ, as of a lamb without spot and without blemish. Thank you, Lord. What can we say? Only to say thank you for saving us. Thank you for purchasing us. Thank you for what you went through on that cross. You were pierced through. You experienced that awful uh, feeling abandoned on the cross. My God, my God, where are you? Why have you forsaken me? 
But we know there on the cross, you bore the weight of my sin. You took my punishment. You bore the wrath of God for the bride of God, purchasing our dowry, our redemption, paying the price that we could never pay, and doing it all because you love your people with an everlasting love. Thank you, Lord. Thank you that the angel of the Lord encamps around those who fear him. Thank you that we can taste and see that the Lord is good. Thank you that you have purchased us with an eternal uh, promise, the Holy Spirit who now resides in us, who has sealed us to the day of redemption. We are so grateful. Would you just take a few moments to do a little Selah time? Let the word of God just sink into your soul. Let it wash you, strengthen you, cleanse you. If you've not met Jesus, cry out to him as your redeemer. Come and taste and see that the Lord is good. He will save you if you will repent of your sin and trust in his death on the cross and his resurrection from the dead. Just say, Lord, I believe. You died on that cross. You rose from the dead. And I'm turning from my sin and I'm asking you to be my king, my Lord, my savior, my God. If you've been a wayward believer and you just want to come home and you've been struggling with doubts and fears and all of the stuff that was mentioned tonight, taste and see. The Lord is good. And for all of the dear saints that are in this room who are fighting the good fight, I pray that you would be encouraged with the spiritual truths that we receive tonight. Father, we love you. Jesus, thank you for dying us, Holy Spirit, dying for us. And Holy Spirit, thank you for living in us and empowering us to do what you've called us to do. We ask all of this in Jesus' name. You've been listening to Oh, Taste and See That the Lord is Good, part three on Walk in Truth. Pastor Michael's teaching from the rest of Psalm 34. Remember, if you missed any part of today's program, you can listen to Walk in Truth on the Living Truth app or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth on this station and on your podcast app. If you'd like to watch this message by Pastor Michael in its entirety, subscribe to our YouTube channel, Living Truth Christian Fellowship. You can find the channel and learn more about Walk in Truth on our website, walkintruth.com. Now, here's Pastor Michael. Well, do you remember when you were a little kid and you didn't want to try certain foods? You're like, oh, I don't know if I want to eat that. And maybe one of your family members said, no, it tastes like chocolate. (laughs) I remember I got duped into tasting a mushroom one time. It did not taste like chocolate. However, the only way you're going to really know in terms of your walk with the Lord is to taste and see that the Lord is good. And I love the fact that it says he's good. When you taste, you'll find out that he's good. The Lord is good. He is holy. He is righteous. He's compassionate. But I love that idea. And it's a truth. He is good. And, you know, so many of us want to look for what's good and what's right in this world. Hey, have you tasted and seen that the Lord is good? Do you know him? Have you experienced him in your life as your Lord and Savior? That's what Psalm 34 is all about. And my prayer for you is that you would open your life to him. Open your heart. Taste and see. Now, you might say, Pastor Michael, how do you do that? 
You have to ask him in. You have to take him in. That's the idea of the image here. You have to experience him. It's not enough just to know facts about the Lord. You need to know him. You need to have him in your life. And the way you do that is by repenting of your sin and trusting in Jesus. Ask him in to take over as your Lord, your King, your Savior, your God. Tell him you believe in who he claimed to be, in his death on the cross for you and his resurrection from the dead. And if you need help with that, reach out to us at walkintruth.com because we want everybody, that's why we do this, we want everybody to know, to experience him that he is good. Well, speaking about good things, hey, we have a family Sunday coming up. We're going to do a winter wonderland after a single 10 a.m. service. It's, It's a special service. We normally do two, but we're doing one. And we're going to have some cool things afterwards. In the courtyard, we're going to have cocoa, s'mores, games, fellowship. We're going to be doing burgers and hot dogs and chips as a fundraiser for our youth to go to their camp. And it's all a Sunday that you can experience and enjoy at Living Truth Christian Fellowship, where I serve as senior pastor in the city of Corona. Now, we're at 1009 Arsenal Way, right off the 91 Freeway and Lincoln Avenue. And we would love for you to join us. Now, you can get info and driving directions when you go to walkintruth.com. Click on that church tab, walkintruth.com. Hey, make plans to join us. It'd be great to have you in fellowship, to interact with the church family, and just to be blessed. It'll be a great day. So come on out. We'll see you tomorrow right here. And join us tomorrow for Pastor Michael's message in Psalm 42 called Hope in God. I'm Mike Massaro. Thanks for listening to Walk in Truth. Our goal is to equip you to reach out with God's truth to all people.